0: Welcome back. It's Recovery Sort of, the podcast where we explore the struggles of life, the challenges of mental health and recovery, and the spaces between. We express our personal views on life here, and this podcast is not meant to replace medical advice or tell anyone the right way to live. This podcast is best used as a place of curiosity and questioning to accompany you on your journey. Be aware there is strong language. Here we go.
1: Hey, it's Jenny. I'm back. I've missed you She's guys. I haven't back. been here since Guess July. <laughs> and then uh, I haven't recorded since July. Uh, Guess I've been who's around.
2: Back. Guess who's back. <laughs> Guess who's back.
1: I don't know that song. What's
0: that <laughs> one? Oh, Eminem.
2: Eminem songs. you don't know. You
0: don't know that song? Really?
1: sorry
0: <laughs> <laughs> i'm just shocked it's okay there's nothing wrong with I it i know whatever wow.
1: like you know that the movie whatever that popular song was he's fine oh yeah yeah, yeah. the, the know, eight mile it's not thing really my genre i got you um anyway so it's good to see you guys um, jenny you
0: too if you had one shot that's the one yeah <laughs> i can't remember it's, how would you spot. do this podcast a... if you had one yeah. shot?
1: Mm-hmm. i really like that movie that was good uh but i guess um, um so uh yeah, I haven't been here since the big change. The since big, like yeah, since <laughs> so. recovery, sort of had menopause. Um, <laughs> is
0: that what it was? <laughs> Thought it was like our teenage the, years. Oh, uh, yeah.
1: really? Okay, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Not the crone years, like earlier. Um, <laughs> so, do you guys want to talk about anger? Let me tell you. Fuck what no, I hate that <laughs> shit. <laughs> this is where I want to go. I want I want some input on this. So, I'm I'm exploring anger. I, I have come to realize that. I cannot manage my anger. It sneaks up on me and takes over and I'm like possessed by it. It doesn't happen a lot. Luckily, I live a pretty peaceful life but then when it does come, I guess it makes it that much more dramatic because I'm like pissed off and I'm like, I want to yell at everybody and uh, make people feel as bad as I do basically. So Mm. I haven't like read any books or listen to any podcasts or anything about anger. I'm starting to explore it, starting to journal about it Starting to notice what conditions lead me to be angry, like how it feels you know like i like, like I feel it in my like chest and arms and hands, and then how to calm myself down because i I know they talk about it like so I have the intellectual checklist of how to calm down from anger, but actually doing it like is weird,
2: yeah. Take three so breaths. So when you get angry, <laughs> does it seem to linger for a long amount of time or do you get, like, angry and then it passes It lingers. Quickly?
1: Yeah, it lingers, and then I'll end up like, all right, I don't yell at my kids a lot because I did work on that early recovery. My kids were little. But then when I do get mad, I want to fucking, like, torture them. Like, mm. it, you know, like, I want to, like, really let them have it. And I know that's my parents, like, speaking mm. through me. And, um... I don't want to be that. And I like, I'm, I'm ready to like next level work on anger because mm. it does linger. Like, I want them to feel as bad as I do about whatever pissed me off. Mm. <clears throat> I don't want to be that. I don't want to be that person, that mom or person.
2: So I'm super good at intellectualizing away my feelings. Are <laughs> you? <laughs> so I don't stay angry for too long yeah. usually. That's yeah. fascinating. So that's a benefit to that. Huh. But I used to like get angry and like react, like physically react, like break stuff and throw shit and yell and cuss (laughs) and be really bad. Mm -hmm. Um, I've gotten way better there. I tend to now, but it would pass really quick. Like I just get mad and then blow up and then it's over. And then it's like, Oh, well now I have to feel bad about whatever I just did. Right. (laughs) So it made the anger pass pretty quickly. Um, For me, one of the big things I sort of struggled with for a long time was thinking that it was not okay to be angry, like I somehow wasn't allowed to be angry or that it was a... a a bad feeling to have. And I've gotten away from that. Like you're allowed to be angry or at least I am. I'm allowed to be angry about stuff. Go ahead. Give like everybody else permission to. Yeah. You're allowed to be angry about stuff. Like if, you know, if my kids do shit, that's not right. Or my parents, you know, do stuff that's not right. Or my wife, like it's okay to get mad and to let them know. But how do I want to do that? Do I want to do it in a way that like degrades them and hurts their feelings or damages my own property or, disrespect myself Mm -hmm. probably not you know like that usually feels like shit um but there are other ways to deal with anger that aren't aren't that and some of it's just telling them like hey you did this and this isn't okay like this isn't we're not gonna sit and tolerate this like you gotta do something different
0: all right this is gonna be great man i feel like i got a ton of information about anger maybe If I can remember it. Yeah. (laughs) That's the important
1: thing. Yeah. Good thing you're recording this because otherwise I'd be taking notes. Yeah.
0: Okay. So first thing I think would be important to acknowledge is like Billy talking about the idea of we're allowed to be angry. What's the fucking purpose of anger, right? Why do we feel it at all? Well, in my understanding, anger is saying you have done something that in a way I feel wronged and harmed by. And this is coming up to tell you that, to set my boundary, to stop it, right? So if that was somebody punching me, the anger's point is to come up and defend myself and stop them, hey, that's not okay, you don't touch me that way, I don't like it. And then as soon as they respect that or stop, the anger can cease because it's done its job, it's set the boundary, right? If Jenny was to walk over and push me right now, I would stand up probably out of my chair and say, what would you do that for? I mean, maybe not, because I would probably be like, why the hell is Jenny pushing me? That's so <laughs> weird. But I'm just saying, like, the, the point of the anger is to set the boundary to keep us protected. That is the original purpose of it. So, like, yeah, of course we're allowed to feel that. You know, we, we need it. It's, it's kind of like when you touch a hot stove and you get pain. It's telling you, get the hell off of there before you do a ton of damage to your hand, right? These are all messages, these feelings. And the the message of anger is, hey, stop that. <laughs> hey, don't do that, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's a base piece. Um, So anger has a purpose. Now that you know that, the ways we use anger, I guess, in my mind, um, I was an explosive anger kind of guy, but I was also a, I'll hold this grudge till we're both dead and beyond kind of guy too. (laughs) So (laughs) I don't know that it faded all that quickly for me. Yeah. When you're talking about the explosiveness of that anger, right? I'm picturing like, I hate using military terms, but we have that nuclear reaction and that nuclear blast that eliminates any threat of, you know, something harming us, but then we're left with the fallout of the Mm -hmm. nuclear blast. And you know, what's left in the aftermath is I just crushed my kids or my wife's or somebody else's feelings or spirit in that moment with all that anger. You know, it's, it's
2: really oppressing to be around angry people. Um, yeah, and one of the things I tend to look at now is like, is the level of my anger relevant to the situation? You know what I mean? Like if my kid leaves a glass on the table and I freak out and want to throw the glass across the room, it's probably not, there's probably something a little more going on there that sometimes I can take a look at. Like, what is that? You know, what? what's really going on there? Is it really this glass on the table that's a big deal or is it? I feel disrespected that I come home mm-hmm. from work every day and the house is a wreck and you guys been here all day doing nothing, you know, like <laughs> <laughs>
0: Billy, stop calling me out. man. Right. That's and so then cool. being
2: able to like, <laughs> and I guess that's the part of intellectualizing shit that helps. You know what I mean? Like, why am I freaking out this? Like there's something a little deeper behind it than just, because there is a thing where it's like, I'm not just justified to blow up and yell at people about stuff, even though I'm, it's okay to be, angry but what am i really angry about and how do i address and fix that not just get rid of these bad feelings
1: yeah you brought up the word respect and through my journaling i discovered that that was part of my anger i feel disrespected ooh, ooh. by my children that's
2: yeah. the second
0: episode today yeah uh, <laughs> yeah and i mean
1: I, I have to stop and wonder like well who am i i'm like am i their mother their boss i don't, queen queen <laughs> jenny right. yeah well i'd like that but um like lately what's gotten me angry is um i drive millie to school and i have plenty of alarms like i have alexa alarms and you know uh iphone alarms to like remind her shoes fill your water bottle like i'm she's nine and a half fourth grade i'm you know easing her up to like being self-sufficient getting ready for school then i drive you and like i put in the boundary i'm like if we're late to school and i have to walk in and sign you in there's no iphone in the morning and um she just really drags it on and it feels disrespectful. Like I'm like pushing her along. Like Mm. I filled your water bottle for you. Like real passive aggressive, like let's go, come on, you know? And I, I, (laughs) I'm like, I build up anger and then I'm, I'll end up lecturing her the whole nine minute drive to school. And then I drop her off and I'm like, this is not the day I want to set her up for. And then I feel like shit too. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's gross all around. And then she gets, she gets, I pick her up at, Whatever, 3.30. And I'm apologizing for something that happened hours earlier. Like, she's, like, way past that. I'm like, (laughs) am I doing this right? Because she (laughs) she had a whole day of school with her friends, and she's fine. And I'm like, "Eh." Like, I don't know if I'm repairing right, you know. So it's just, if I could just not. And when you think about it, who cares if she's fucking late? You know, like, if I have to walk in and sign her in. Is that a really a big deal? Like, except for that I have to, like, I don't know walk into the school with my Crocs on. like. like well, I'm I mean, both <laughs> things are
2: true. That's the thing. Like, yes, it is like with our kids, uh, I put a lot of effort into my kids and doing their stuff and making sure they get to their sports and making, I expect an equal level of commitment and input from them. Now my kids are a little bit older than yours, but even still like I expect them to like, at least meet me halfway, not me do everything. And I feel mm-hmm. like that's reasonable, but How I address that with them is important. You know, if I'm doing it in a way that's disrespectful or belittling of them, you know, like take my son with with baseball. When it's time to go to the game, I'll give him usually half hour. Hey, we got to leave in about a half hour for the game. Okay, sits there, plays video games, does all kinds of stuff until 10 minutes before we got to go. Then he's grabbing all his stuff and rounding everything up and then screaming because we're going to be late. I'm like, Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> like, right. that's because you didn't get your shit together. When I told you a mm-hmm. half hour ago, you know,
1: I got lingering shame about being late too, which I totally <laughs> need to get over. That's like, I have this like priority of my, that I put on myself for being on time, you know, what were you we going to say Jason? Sorry. Yeah. I don't
2: do that. <laughs> <Okay>.
1: <laughs> now, I, yeah.
0: I was going back to Billy's, uh, comment about the glass on the table and is it that big a deal? And, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> you know, taking the therapist hat off for a minute, getting real, like the I, we were in the grocery store last night, and uh, my wife allowed my older son to grab these <laughs> generic fruity pebbles. That's what the fuck I was frustrated about at the <laughs> store last night, generic fruity pebbles, <laughs> right? Like, but here's the reality for me. It is a real thing, right? I, I have made my my feelings about these generic Fruity Pebbles in a couple of ways clear, right? In one way, we're trying to eliminate some of these processed things out of our, our regular routine of eating, right? And on the other hand, I've also mentioned that I don't like the generic Fruity Pebbles. <laughs> I like right. generic right. Cocoa Pebbles right. and we should alternate. And I felt wholly ignored last night in this because when I you know, confronted my son and said, hey, why I don't think we're getting them this week, he said, mother already said yes, right? and so i got frustrated i got overwhelmed in the grocery store and i spoke up about it i said what i felt like i needed to say in a sentence or two and i knew it wasn't going away so i went to the bathroom i got the fuck out of there i was getting ready to be that guy Hmm. i was getting ready to be that guy that needed to apologize six hours later like you were talking about jenny like and i and i don't want to do that no more And and what i'm realizing for me is i've been doing this wrong and i think i heard it in billy's statement He's got expectations that the people around him are going to do their half. I don't want to have those expectations anymore. I don't give a fuck if people want to do their half or not. I'm going to do my portion. What I'm willing to do, set my line and call it a day. What you do on your end, I don't want to be mad about it. You don't or do things in your life or don't get to them or you're late to them. Okay. I don't have any feelings about that. Like you said, but who the fuck, who do I care if they're late for school? Like... Oh, well, you know. But, like, I think it's that expectations that's making me angry. I'm expecting these people to show up in a certain way and treat me a certain way, and they're not. But I don't have to be angry about it. Because the truth is, I'm the one to keep showing up there. I don't have to, right? Yeah, but I don't
2: know that anger is a choice so much as a reaction to situations. The initial piece. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but I, I don't think
0: like I've always used that place and I, and I think we're all saying the same thing to justify whatever came out afterwards and like for me I'm realizing that I can sit in there and be frustrated with those people for doing the same thing treating me in a way that doesn't feel good for the 20th time or I can say you know what I love me I don't want a 21st time of this I'm over it right and I get it that's big right I'm saying a whole big thing there and I'm not I'm not saying that that's the right answer for me or anybody else I'm just saying like that's the place I'm at that feels like I don't need to hold on to anger right now I'm just evaluating man maybe we live in such a different way that like this ain't good for us to keep trying to do it next to each other you know
2: yeah and I guess I've got there in a slightly different way of just being like yes it's okay for me to be angry but it's never okay for me to like be disrespectful or Abuse. belittling or put down or or hurt you know even if i'm angry about something it doesn't make it okay for me to hurt the people around me because right. then i just feel like shit yeah well you then know? you just did what you
1: hurt. were mad at them for right, <laughs> right. <laughs> and that's still my like reaction I do
0: oh yeah that. i like, mean I... it
2: is a lot
1: and that's where I end up like hurting me more, because then I sit in the guilt of that, like, oh, you did it again, you idiot. You yeah, know? because
0: it's not something you have control over, and that's mm. what you keep blaming yourself for on the back end, which right. is just creating the cycle again, because mm. you blame yourself and shame yourself on the back end for doing it again, but then in trying to cover up that shame and not feel it, you then put the shame back onto your kid. Mm.
2: And sometimes I have to do, like you were talking about, especially like with my wife and I, if we're having a pretty deep relationship conversation, I will say, like, look, I'm getting pretty angry. I can't. Right. I need a break. I gotta g- I gotta get that's like, so good. Yeah, I'm... I gotta walk oh, away or we I will gotta walk stop. Out of my or, house. <laughs> right. Because this is not gonna go like I can feel yeah. the levels like I'm at a seven and we're gonna be at a nine, like if you say one more word. <laughs> it's <laughs> like... it's
0: hilarious to me. Me and Billy feel like over the years we are growing and growing and ending up at the same spot in such vastly different <laughs> right. ways of getting there. Right. He's like <laughs> (laughs) intellectualizing and like i don't want to be angry with you and take this somewhere bad and i'm like anger hurts me and i love myself enough that i just don't want it
2: anymore and it's funny me and and so like i i guess probably am more closer emotionally to his wife and he's more a click Emotionally closer to Jen, to my wife. So it's like we have the opposite perspective on most of that. Well, well. well, he he
0: says, I don't want to be angry anymore because I'm hurting other people. And that's not nice. And I say, I don't want to be angry anymore because it hurts me. And that's not nice to me. But it's like we end up at that same place. Okay, cool.
1: You know, and anger hurts me too. But when I'm in it, I want it like it feels so good to be angry it's like that self-righteous because it's not you mm.
0: in that moment and the more you can understand that one it takes the shame away afterwards you were taken over in that moment because nobody ever sat you down when you were four having your temper tantrum overwhelmed by your feelings and basically Mm -hmm. under attack by them right nobody sat with you and said i will make sure you don't hurt yourself or anybody else i know you're not in control right now yeah, because yeah. had mm-hmm. they you have gained the ability to tolerate all this shit and you wouldn't have to take it out
2: on other people. Mm-hmm. Or like with our kids, the messaging I never got was like, it's OK to be angry about stuff. It's just not OK to do whatever the fuck you want with that anger. Yeah. And so that's the message we tried to teach our kids like, hey, it's OK. You can be mad that your sister took your toy or that, you know, you got in a fight or whatever, but how you de- you're you responsible for how you deal with that. Mm-hmm. It's not your feelings that are wrong. You're justified in being angry. That person did you wrong. We get it. You're angry. But there's a way to do that that's healthy and right, and there's a way to do that that's just going to cause more harm in your life. Let me, let me walk us
0: down the path of you and your morning routine because that kind of stuck out to me, and, and right. maybe this is part of what we're getting at right here. In my understanding, If I get my kid in the morning, in fact, this happens every morning with my kids, I I wake them up for school, right? Like I wake my son up, 6.15, he's got to get on the bus at 6.42. I say, hey, buddy, good morning, welcome to the world again, 6.15, you got whatever amount of time, you know, let's get rocking and rolling, right? I'd rather not have to walk back up here again, but. Pretty much every day. I go back up at 625, right? And I'm like, dude, you got 15 minutes. You got to move now or you're going to miss the bus, which means our consequence in our house is you don't have your Xbox and stuff tonight. Okay? Like, this is for you. This isn't about me. This is for you. Do you want your stuff tonight? You need to get up. Sometimes he does. A lot of times he does. Sometimes he doesn't. He gets a ride to school, doesn't have his Xbox. But my old theory was what the hell's wrong with him? Why can't he get it together? He's disrespecting me, blah, 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 blah. My new theory is I'm watching him. He's showing me, he can't. He can't do it without a second wake up call. If I was to ask him to, he, he would never get the bus, right? Some days he needs a third wake up call. Whatever it is he needs, he can't do it. He knows the consequence. He knows that it's gonna disrupt the connection I have with him, which is hugely important with him and with his mother right? He's incapable. He's not capable. And as soon as I can see it that way, I know what my job is. My job's to get it done. Me modeling, getting it done and taking care of him is what will allow him to be able to take care of himself later. He's not supposed to be able to do it now. She's not supposed to be able to do it now. She can't. Your job is to make sure she gets taken care of now so that later when she leaves your house, she'll know how to do it herself. It's not to... We get so scared as parents that we don't see what it takes to get by in the world in our kids, and then we start trying to put it in them. Oh, God, they don't have enough of this. I better fix it. And that's where we're fucking up.
1: Yeah, and we are having... Like, my household is having a big push towards, like, self-sufficiency, you know? And I think I'm just pressuring myself too much. Like... And for sure, it's like my parents' voices coming down like that, and grandparents mm-hmm. like that. Why aren't you this way yeah, yet? You ain't you know, gonna like, be ready. You'll and, never make it. Yeah, it's the fear. My parents were definitely not as touchy feely as right. me or our generation or whatever. Like, well, that I, could get. Oh, sorry, you can Oh, I, I just, I like, I can't help. Like, I have a response of guilt. Like, I am not doing it right. That she can't get ready for school on time. I, it's like me. Yeah. I'm like. You messed up, Jenny. Otherwise, Millie would be able to get ready for school.
0: And you know the main answer it has been for me, Jenny? And you're mm. really good at this. Uh, just being fucking present. Because you can look right in your kid's eyes mm-hmm. and tell when you're missing. Mm-hmm. It's written all over their fucking face. And as soon as you see it, just stop. Nope, this is where I'm missing. It's not. I'm not missing in getting her ready for school or her not having that down yet at nine. This is where I'm missing when I'm looking at her face and I can see it. Mm -hmm. It's just written all over her face. I am not being the parent that she needs.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and there's that, uh, interestingly, it crosses over into, (laughs) I think, what we're going to talk about later, possibly, but the like attachment style stuff. And one of the things I come across in the book was this... Teaching, And I guess it's from like the 20s and shit that as a good parent, you're supposed to raise this completely autonomous individual that can fend for themselves Mm -hmm. and do everything for themselves and is uniquely independent and can meet every challenge of the world. And that's totally unnatural to human Mm -hmm. beings like our natural state. You know, we've evolved to be dependent on other people or natural evolution has, you know. Basically, people that rely on others tend to survive better so that our natural healthy state is to depend on other people. But yet we've been conditioned to think like each one of my kids is supposed to be this unique, autonomous, independent unit. That can survive and thrive on their own. Yeah. Well, that sells more houses. And that's a myth. (laughs) Right. (laughs) sells
0: a lot more houses that way. Well, I've lived my
2: whole life (laughs) like that. And, of course, now that's how I am in my relationship. Like, oh, when something's wrong with my wife, I'm like, oh, you're in a bad mood? Well, you better take care of that shit because I got, you know what I mean? That's on you. Like, I don't. Feel like oh what can I do to help you? How do I help you not be in a bad mood? Or is there something I can do to right. to make you feel better? Right. It's like oh no you're fucking you're in a bad mood you better figure it out right <laughs> like, right because that's what I do to myself. So you look know? but that's a myth you. that's a lie. Oh, like
0: that's- <laughs> thank you so much for saying that Billy right and
2: like and, and and I'm not
0: this is not a knock to my wife I love my wife for sure no matter what right like but that's how it feels for me sometimes in my house and I don't know that she's has the ability to quite see it from that angle yet or maybe never will right maybe that's just a unique billy angle that, that he sees but like it feels nice for you to say it, it feels i only a just validated. heard it in a book a week ago so <laughs> okay
2: well thank <laughs> I mean, you my whole life i'd and this is you know and talking with my wife I'm like my whole life i'd live that other way of like i'm supposed to be i when i was a kid a teenager i was diagnosed as being uh what's that where you're uh codependent you know and and i was had a codependent personality and i learn from all this that codependency wasn't something that was a a, something that you were laid upon individuals you know as a condition it was a condition that was like i guess more specifically talked about for people that were in like either abusive or addictive relationships and they couldn't leave them and there was a lot of dysfunction it wasn't like as a normal person you were supposed to be completely independent of others like that that's a myth (laughs) <laughs> like, yeah. but I didn't know that I was and my, I'm sure my parents raised me the whole way and I had a fucking therapist and a counselor tell me that was my problem that I was yeah. too codependent and I was too emotionally attached to other people and that I needed to be like stronger and more independent so that came from a professional fucking therapist when in the 90s right. you know so it's right. not something that is uh I guess it's something our society is pushing on people as being healthy and it's not you might want to
0: see our episode about the difficulty in finding a good therapist <laughs> <laughs> that's in there somewhere um
1: to me that's like boundaries gone wild yeah like it's too much and then aren't they changing that language like they're not using codependency yeah. anymore I, I mean i
0: think there's been a shift away from it for years now right. because of that i mean even mm. like when you guys are talking about this the whole underlying dynamics or belief system around polyvagal theory is that there is this other section of nervous system on top that responds and reacts to other people's facial expressions and body language that assists us in staying in a calm, safe place throughout the day to not go into these other survival stuff. Like it's basically saying we're dependent upon these safe relationships in life to not be in survival mode all the time as mammals. And like, Mm -hmm. yeah, that kind of makes us completely
1: interconnected. It's like, I can't do this without any
0: of y'all saying, I got your back, even when I'm not around, you know?
2: And that's just the, the book I'm talking about talked about it as being like a survival skill or whatever like back in fucking hunter gather days and shit like if you were this completely alone individual you didn't tend to survive like either animals ate you or you couldn't get enough food or you weren't able to protect yourself whereas tribes and groups tended to survive better because they had this dependence on each other
0: and when this group of five people met up with this group of six people and they had to know if they were safe sleeping that night or if the other group was going Like stab them and take their acorns or whatever, they had to be able to read their faces. They had to be able to feel they could trust them.
1: This is why resting bitch face gets so much criticism. (laughs) Probably, (laughs) probably. (laughs)
2: But But back to anger. Like I, I just, I think anger is a natural reaction and it's not the emotion that's the problem it's what do we do with it and how do we use it you know do we use it to hurt other people and belittle other people to make ourselves feel better or do we use it as an indicator like hey i feel like either a boundary's been broken or something in me has been hurt and how do i address that
1: when i first started exploring buddhism i misunderstood like i think the dalai lama was like anger you must you know expunge anger from your system but that's really not how the practice is supposed to go. It's acknowledge it and then like heal it, you know, yeah. like that yeah. more. I w- cuz I think in the beginning when I was trying like Buddhist recovery practices, I was like, "Oh, I'm angry. I'm wrong. I better not do this." Right. But it's more about like
0: Is that a Christian Buddhism? <laughs> <laughs> <That's right. laughs> it sounded a lot like Christian yeah. Buddhism. Yeah.
1: Was it my jolly tone in my voice? <laughs> yeah. Um but I've 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 come to a better understanding of like it's a message you know, like anger is a message like you were saying like something needs to change you know like a boundary has yeah. been crossed. well mm-hmm.
0: even in thinking that first like buddhist practice i would think of and i don't even know if this is a buddhist practice it's a meditative practice but like mm-hmm. just lay in there body scan and tolerate the experience of anger you you talked about what it was like you mm-hmm. feel it in your yeah. chest and your arms and your hands and it's just flooding up maybe energy or heat or vibration and and like, it's possible that you could be getting escalated into a, a level of nervous system dysregulation where your adrenaline is kicking in and people talk about that feeling a little electric-y or sparky inside and like, lay down and body scan that shit, feel mm-hmm. it, tolerate it. Well, what think, is it like to experience anger? Yeah, you know? I,
1: I think it's years of body scan practice that even makes me Absolutely. able to check it out now. Like, I. <laughs> I couldn't do that, like, four years ago. Be like, I feel it where? Like, totally not connected.
2: And for me, it's like a couple of big, deep breaths. Like, I got to fucking... (laughs) <laughs> like, you yeah, know to like yeah. just big deep breaths and try to like calm all right let's calm like and just recognizing that like i'm worked up now and nothing good is probably going to come out of this. well
0: the the thing about the the nervous system right so it's getting these cues from the environment it's sending them up your your spine basically into your brain and it's got a little basically uh, uh it's kind of like a metal detector but for good or bad memories right have i ever encountered this before and what happened was it Jarring? Was it scary? Was it painful? Because those things are going to trigger it right away. As soon as that happens, it starts the process of releasing all kinds of chemicals into your body, shutting off the ability to communicate to your logical brain. Some people have the ability to communicate and they can say, I don't want to be doing this. This is wrong in their head, but can't stop because they are overwhelmed at that level of dysregulation. There's too many chemical reactions going on. Right. The thing is, once our body gets to a level of being beyond its ability to tolerate an experience, that experience is now cueing more danger in itself because it's cycling through and continuing to cue the nervous system of this is too much. And there's no coherent thought about too much for what or what happens at the end of that. Like there's just kind of this hazy, looming, doom or gloom, I'll die. If I were to just lay here with all this overwhelming anger, I would blow up or something. I'd spontaneously combust. Like, There's no clear, thought-out ending to that of what we're actually scared of. And I think part of it for me was reminding myself that I'm not going to die. I can lay here for 20 minutes with this feeling, and I will not blow up. (laughs) What will happen? I don't fucking know. And that made me curious enough to say, you know what? I'm going to keep doing it until I figure it out. I want to know what happens. Yeah. It's, Why it's, can't I sit here and not react? That annoys me. I like control over myself. It was yeah. like, it, it made me frustrated enough to
1: want to, oh, I'm a fucking layer. <laughs> if it's available to me, I want to try that. You know, like, all right, Millie, let's be late to school and get me pissed off so I can try this. <laughs> I mean, it's going to happen. You're going to yeah. get mad. No, yeah. yeah.
0: If you found that listening to the recovery sort of podcast has helped you in your day-to-day journey please share the message of compassion and well-being with the loved ones in your life connect with us more at recoverysortof.com, facebook instagram threads youtube and other social media spaces and have a great week